Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and I'm the author of Beyond Surviving, The Final Stage of Recovery from Sexual Abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, folks, today I'm very excited to have here with me my guest, Francisca Olguin, and she is going to be sharing with us about her journey overcoming compound trauma. So we're really going to get into what does that even mean? Like, what's the difference between trauma and compound trauma? And just to tell you a little bit about Francisca, she's from California. She's a CSA survivor, business owner, and really here to show you that you can push on despite trauma. So, Francisca, thank you so much for being here today and for being my guest. Welcome, welcome. Yes, so nice to be here. So, as we get started today, I want to invite you to just take some space to tell our listeners your story. Yes. So, um, I'm Francisca, like she had already said, and I am born and raised in California. Um, I recently just moved, though, to South Carolina. It hasn't been a full year, but I'm definitely excited about that huge move. And um, I am a business owner with Direct Sales Company and been in that business for about three years. And um, 
that was really the turning point for my healing journey, um, really digging in because they're really on um, self-development and self-growth and just, you know, a lot of working on yourself. And through that, I dug more and more into myself and realized that I had some trauma that I tucked into the rug when I was really young. It was not something that was fixed. It was tucked in the rug until I forgot about. So, of course, when I was forgot about and tucked in the rug, I just lived my life, didn't even think about it. But when you go into this industry, this industry is going to push you to be the best person <laughs> possible version of you. And so, um, that was a huge thing of really just digging deep and, and finding out that that's something that I had to go back and to really heal from because it caused other things that happen in my life um and so besides that I have no kids um you know I am 36 years old I'm a dog mama and I'm a girlfriend and um I just love to have fun and I love to smile and I love a good time I mean and I love the ocean I'm a very simple person I just love to show others that it doesn't matter where you came from what your background is you can live the life that you truly want to live so. yeah beautiful right on yeah. well welcome to the carolinas <laughs> and that is a right. big culture shock right. from california to south carolina and you know i love what you said there about just this you know sometimes we find ourselves in life circumstances or you know a workplace or a relationship that you know really brings us to face you know, the experiences that we have. To what other extent yeah. you would like to, can you tell us a little bit about the trauma that you experienced? Yeah, so um, CSA, child sexual abuse, um, I was, when I was young, and it happened by my mother's father, so my grandfather, paternal grandfather, and um it happened when I was young. So before, I, I want to say when I came to light, my sister was already alive, like born. We're like four and a half years apart. And um, she was a, still a baby when it came to light. So me placing my abuse, I, it happened somewhere between like five to eight years old. Mm. Um, it didn't happen at 10. I know that because my mom got married at 10. So it happened really early on. And, um, and so, and it was just, it, it was horrible. Um, some crazy things happened, you know, like he, he did a lot of, um, grooming, um, you know, having me watch certain things, you know, do certain things. So there was a lot of that going on and, um, it was very traumatizing, very, very traumatizing, but. When I told my mom, um, she went and, like, I, I think I told her about, like, some stuff, like, some porno stuff that he had shown me. And um, she went over there to confirm. And then, obviously, we just never talked to him again. But that was, like, the only type of um, thing that was done. Um, I do remember cops were called, but nothing was done with that. Um, I remember being basically told like if I press charges I'm going to be the one having to go to court 
And obviously as a kid, no kid is going to be like, yeah, I want to take that perpetrator to court. Right. You know? Sounds like a great so, time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. yeah. Exactly. So like, obviously I said no and nothing ever happened. And that's how ultimately the abuse got swept under the rug. Um, and not only that, like there were family members that my, my mom had told me that were saying that I probably made it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably too like maybe easier for my mom to put in the rug. I don't know. Or maybe not to like talk about her. I, I just, I, I really don't know. That's something I'll never probably know. And I'm fine with that, you know, but it's just, it, that's just kind of how the, the tuck into the rug. And had it been addressed, mm-hmm. I probably would have not failed so much so many other times later on in life. So that abuse happened. I I want to say I was in kindergarten first grade when it was going on because I actually failed kindergarten. And I mm-hmm. got held back and I had to do kindergarten again. That's shapes and sizes and knowing you're like, yeah, kids should be able to pass mm-hmm. kindergarten. That's a huge red flag, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I wasn't born with disability or anything like that. Like I should be passing, you know, kindergarten. And then I went to first grade and struggled in first grade. So it was just kind of like I, I struggled a lot in school. I really believe, just from my um, studying about the abuse and what happens to a child's brain development when abuse happens before a certain age. Um, I really feel like that kind of affected my um, development of just learning and just like be able to take things in and stuff like that. And so, um, so yeah, so it, it definitely had a huge thing, you know, but I, like I said, this is it. This is all some stuff that's new that I'm really uncovering and digging because it went under the rug. Um, I actually never graduated high school because of the abuse that happened to me was unhealed and I ended up getting into a sexual assault, like in high school. Um, I got tricked. It was basically, there was like some tickets and some high school kids. I think I was a sophomore at the time, either a freshman or sophomore. Um, and it was like a Sadie talk. So I think a sophomore because Sadie talk and dance or whatever. And they're like, oh, I got tickets and they're free. Just pick them up in my house. Went to the house and, of course, got in the situation. And then it just went around the school and it was horrible. And I never graduated high school because of that. And that is something new that I've never talked about before. But I feel Mm -hmm. it's very crucial because none of this defines who I truly am. Right. And I want people to know that because I was very embarrassed about that before. But, um, but yeah, so, so that happened. And then I, I actually left my house at 16. So I was on my own for two years and then lived with a friend and her friend, her mom at the time actually danced and I didn't have a way to make money and got into that industry, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it was in the, dancing industry for a while at starting at 18 and um and I was able to get myself an apartment I you know I got a car I did I did life I, I did mm-hmm. life I was able to pull myself out in survival mode though you know right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um so that happened and then I got into my first domestic violence relationship 
where cops were involved, cops were called, there were multiple restraining orders, multiple restraining orders broken. Um, and so that was, that was a very traumatizing um, relationship, definitely. And then I got into a second one, unfortunately, and that one was even more crazier. Um, no police were involved, but it was just really, I had to like hide and get away from that relationship, kind of like reminded me of that last one. And I just kept getting into these situations. And I think it was because of the abuse that happened. I was so vulnerable. So trying to like fit in and find out and whatever that mm -hmm. I would unknowingly sure. be into these situations, you know? So, yeah. but none of that defines you. None of that defines you. It doesn't, um, you know, and I even up until the very last one, which happened in 2017. And I was 30 years old at the time. Um, through that, my life did start to change because that was a real wake up call. I was like, mm. what is going on? Like, why do I keep getting in this situation? Or, you know, what's going sure. on? Yeah. And so with that, obviously, from the time when I first had my domestic violence relationship in California in 2004, to like this one in 2017, a lot of laws have changed. They've gotten a lot, way more stricter, way more just different stuff. So I had a lot more support in 2017 than I did when my 2004 one was happening mm -hmm. and I was being followed mm -hmm. around and stopped and all that. Um, and through that, I was able to get a therapist, a trauma-informed therapist that has, is still my therapist till today. So, and I work closely with her and she's helped tremendously just mm. see and hear and make me understand because I didn't understand a lot of things. And everyone understand why I would step foot into the adult industry like that. But she made me understand, you know, it all came from the abuse that happened when I was young. Right. Um, and so, and, and so with that being said, with that happening and me getting into direct sales company, multi-level marketing, being a, being a business owner with that, buying my business rights to sell, that industry makes you work on yourself even more. So having my therapist and then having the self-development and doing that ultimately led to me doing my healing journey and God, of course, and going mm -hmm. to church because God really put that on my heart and me seeing in sermons and different stuff like that. Yeah. So... Oh that's kind of the abuse. I know it's kind of long. I try to. No, look here, Beyonce Surviving, You get to take up as much space <laughs> as you want to take up. That is a tenet of Beyond Surviving. There's yeah. no such thing as talking too much or being too much or taking up too much space or time. I'm really honored to hear your story today, Francisca. I see parallels in my own journey. I certainly relate to lots of the layers and, and things that you faced along the way. And I feel really honored that you're, you've gotten to this place and that to share, to talk about the actual path and actual journey that you had, because for sure, I mean, this is one of the things that, you know, trauma creates so much internal shame. And then as a result of trauma, we sometimes have limited choices right? Our access to certain things is, are limited. Our capacity is limited. And so, you know, things happen in our lives, right? And 
then the external world will look at these things and then further judge and shame and make us bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you for the work that you've done such that you're able to tell your story from such an empowered place of ownership and recognition that, you know, these were just consequences and outcomes. And now here I am in ownership of my life and feeling empowered and taking charge. And that's really inspiring. I think that that's such a, a testament to, for anybody who's listening, who might be thinking, well, I made those choices back then, or I did that thing. And now, you know, maybe I've missed my chance, you know, because of all of that to say no, like you can start your, the life that you really want to live at, at any moment. And certainly having that support in place, um, yeah, cheers to the laws getting better <laughs> and, and yeah. some ways to go, but yeah, and, and being able to get that support onboarded. Yeah. So mostly thank you. Thank you. I feel really yeah. honored to, to receive your story today. And as we think about this concept of compound trauma, so let's break that down a little bit for our listeners. Um, in, in your point of view, what, is, what would you say is the difference between trauma versus compound trauma? So for me, I believe trauma is when something extremely hard, horrible, something just horrible that has happened to you, maybe once, maybe twice in your life. But when something continuously happens, like for me, it was the um, sex PSA and the um, the sexual assault, and then the three DV relationships um, relationships that I had happen. And you know, there. I mean, that that's just. I mean, there's other things too. Like when I was young, like just parties and just being crazy mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying just that, that's just natural stuff but that could be compounded trauma when multiple things are happening like every year every other year maybe every three years like yeah and I feel yeah. like for me because it happened so much that I had to really take a look and it took till I was 30 years old but I was so defeated I was so tired. I was so just like, what mm -hmm. is this? Like, is this what life Girl. really is? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, mean, I feel like sometimes get you that. have to get to that point yeah. to be willing to look and see what it is and to go back to the one thing you don't want to work on. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes for me, I well, for my situation, unfortunately, because it was when I was a kid and so young, I really just adapted and grew and forgot. Yeah. I mean, obviously it wasn't, didn't always, like I knew, but it wasn't something that was on the brain front to like think about. And then, but some people do tuck it away too, because they just too hurtful. But sometimes if we have so much stuff that's happening, we have to look at the very beginning or what's the core thing, what, what could have happened that's causing all this. Yeah. And I've learned just so much by just going back and, and, and studying CSA and the effects mm -hmm. and the statistics and the brain and all that kind of stuff because it really made me understand me. For sure. Um, it did. It truly did. It truly did. 
just my brain and just time because I'm like, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Exactly that, right? We start to put things into context. We start to understand, oh, this is a trauma response. It's not me, as you've been saying so beautifully and eloquently throughout already. Like, this does not define me. It's not who I am. I'm curious if um, at any point in your journey, as you started to kind of look at the traumas stacking up, like, well, there's this thing and there's this thing and there's this thing, there's this, this thing. Did you hit any moment where you ever thought it's too much, too much has happened. It's going to be, you know, too much to overcome. Did you ever have any moments of, you know, despair or hopelessness or just like, I don't know if I can really get over it because there's just so many things to tackle. Did that ever come up for you? So, you know, I'm still like in the very beginning. And I want to say when I jumped into this healing, I was eager because I wanted to heal. I wanted to do stuff. And so I didn't have that kind of like outlook. Um, or even have that go through my head yet. Um, I have to say along my healing journey with certain things that the healing journey has required me to either set a boundary on or to change or to do. Um, yes, I have come across that kind of where it might seem too overwhelming or I don't know. And one thing I'm really trying to work on in my healing journey because it was something that was just so like, and that's what I learned is the tucking under the rug and really holding on to what I because it's so natural. I mean, so natural. Something mm. crazy. Okay, but on to the next. Like it's well, just yeah, yeah, yeah. you have a very strong deflector. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's it's crazy. Well, have, before I didn't even realize I was doing that, but because I'm more mm. aware and I'm in my space and I'm. I see that easily and I don't want that because that for me, for my healing journey, everybody's healing journeys differently. I don't feel that's good for me because that's what led to all that other stuff. So mm-hmm. I need to learn mm-hmm. to hold that boundary and, you know, and talk or say no or do whatever it needs to do so that thing doesn't get tucked in the rug and ignored. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so. I hope that I answer your question. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. I love that. I mean, exactly that. Like, I think what's really true is that I hear from some of my clients this sentiment of like, man, I've just been through so much. And it's easy to fall into a false narrative of it's too much to overcome. Um, but I think that exactly what you've been naming, like the, there are elements and components that get us moving towards healing. We don't have to take it all on all at once, number one. But if we lean in with some eagerness and hope and intention and support, then we start to kind of break things down into their little bits. And then, yeah, there can be a, like a component or a piece of the puzzle like, oh, that's feeling really big. Like, am I really going to be able to shift this behavior because it's been around for so long? It's been my way of being. But as you're, you know, um, testifying to, well, actually, when we come into a place of choice, when we start to onboard some new skills, when we get some practice, you know, then things switch and all of a sudden we have a new normal. And that old way of being becomes like a ghost. Like, oh, I don't even like that just seems like completely crazy that I would even act like that now. Right? Like it just becomes so foreign um, yeah. to how we want to show up in the world and be. Yeah. 
So let's take a quick break here. And um, when we come back, I want to hear just a little bit more about some of the key things that you've learned in your healing journey that you want to share with our audience today. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you fed up with feeling like a doormat? Are you so busy rescuing everybody else that you can't take care of yourself? One of the greatest impacts of abuse is we develop an inability to speak up for ourselves ask for what we need, or honestly communicate what we think or feel. We feel compelled to conceal, to hide our feelings, thoughts, and ultimately, ourselves. So how in the world are we going to be able to set boundaries? Boy, have I been there. And I cannot wait to share with you what helped me put an end to running away from communicating so I could finally set boundaries in my life that were needed in order to feel safe, free up my time and energy, and finally break free of taking care of everyone else but me. By downloading my masterclass, How to Set Boundaries and Communicate with Ease, you are going to learn some kick-ass strategies that will empower you to speak up. You're going to explore in a safe, step-by-step way the impact that not setting boundaries has had on your life and relationships, and you're going to learn some easy, practical strategies to put an end to taking care of everyone else. Go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash communications dash class today. Now back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. I am here with Francisca, and we are continuing our conversation today on overcoming compound trauma. So in this process of healing, Francisca, what are some of the key things that that you've really tackled and learned um, that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, so first, you know, like I said, everybody's healing journey is for themselves. And, um, you know, what I share is just hope that maybe you can take something from it. Um, But maybe what I'm sharing may not work for everybody. But like I said, everybody is on their own healing journey. And things for me, you know, it's really number, number, number one for me is giving myself grace. Give yourself grace. You are unlearning. and it can get frustrating sometimes, but you just have to give yourself grace because you're unlearning something that was just so horrible that had happened or maybe that you tucked under the rug or you just haven't looked at it in so many years and, and now you just live a certain way. And so it's just a lot of unlearning. So give yourself grace. That, that is definitely something that I share a lot, um, you know, because that's important. Um, also just being true to yourself, you know, just be honest with yourself, like, and, and sit with, with yourself too. We, I, that's one thing about me before my healing. I always just wanted to be busy. I always wanted to be mm-hmm. surrounded. I always mm-hmm. wanted to go out. I always wanted to occupy myself with work, but you don't grow constantly doing that you need to have your own self time and see with the abuse I never loved time with myself before I actually hated it I actually mm-hmm. would I just hit up my friends I would just go over just to get out not to be by myself like and so no. I am learning I love being by myself 
actually <laughs> for the first time <laughs> in my life I yeah nice I like myself, like my, my mm. time with myself. I like my alone time. Um, in my alone time, that's when I'm digging into my healing. I, I'm in the Bible. I'm, you know, praying. I'm whatever, filling my soul the way I need to feel it so that I can do my healing journey the right way or, do, you know, because it can be heavy. Yeah. Not lying. Can't, it at all can be. So that's why it's important to give yourself grace. Be true with yourself and your feelings and be honest. Just, you know, um, don't force yourself. Um, And, you know, and I think those are really two key Mm, things for me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are really, really important. And another thing, too, I do have to say is that it doesn't matter. Like, you, you are worth everything in life every single person is worth everything in life and you can be what you want to be you can do what you want to do you can change your life at any moment in time it does require work it does require giving yourself grace you know and not that's powerful. Thank you. I mean, those words are, are so strengthening and inspiring. And I'm curious, just to go back to this grace piece, are there particular things that you will often say to yourself? Because I know this is sometimes a, a place that's difficult for people to kind of even learn. Like, the concept sounds good. Like, okay, I get that. Like, be nice to myself. Yeah. Give myself grace. Give myself compassion. But in practice, what might that look like or sound like when you're when you're doing that for yourself? Francisca. So for me, like I said, I, I, I spend a lot of time in the word. And I, so I don't know who your higher, who anybody's higher power is, but whoever, if, if it's mother nature or whatever, it's really just being grounded mm-hmm. and really just like, for me, I, like I said, I talk to God a lot. So I'm just like, God, you know, please just protect my peace and protect my heart or mm-hmm. just, you know, work through me that I just say the right words and then it's like whatever and then when I do what I do I'm just like you know I'm giving myself grace I did what I did I gave it to God I did the thing and you know that's what it is and I leave it I don't overthink it I don't and I, that to me yeah. is giving myself grace because I've already put it with the higher power I've, mm-hmm. I've put it out there and it's going to be done because if you believe it and you work towards it, it'll happen. You just have to be consistent and have to have the belief behind it. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think that that consistency of action and behavior. So whether you surrender it into like a magical box that takes it away <laughs> or yeah, you it a higher yeah. power. I love this. This is a practice, though, like, hey, I'm going to name and acknowledge the thing that I didn't get right. And then, you know, that I'm feeling kind of like I should be beating myself up about that. But you know what? I'm going to take that little moment to acknowledge it. And then I'm going to I'm going to surrender it and say, OK, saw it, named it. And now next, yes. because, you know, every single opportunity, even in the next minute, is the next opportunity to try again, to show up differently, to lean in. And so that consistency of practice, because we're not going to get it right 100 percent every single time, particularly when we're in the early days of retraining the brain and healing nervous system and shedding false beliefs and trying to get out of, I love the word you learned, used earlier of unlearning, you know, behaviors and coping strategies. 
So being able to just be kind to yourself in that process, but also facing it, which I think is the, the second piece that you really named there. Like we cannot heal what we will not name. Yeah. And so that moment of acknowledgement, and if we're just busy with all sorts of things, we're not creating any space to slow down and take some time with something, um, then, yeah, we can't really make that pro- make that much progress there. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And deservingness and worthiness. Yeah. That piece, building in that part of ourself that says, I deserve to heal. I deserve to have a life that I want. I don't want my life to be stolen by the actions and choices of others and becoming really committed in that. What a word of inspiration. Oh, my goodness. So much food for thought today. I so enjoyed our conversation. Do you have any um, final word for our listeners today? Just you are never too far gone, like I've said. You're never too far gone. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter even if you're in the situation right now. Like, there's so much support. There's a community. There's, you know, there's resources. And at any moment that you can define your life, you can redefine it. You can go the direction that you want to do. And you are not you know, your traumas, you're not your traumas. So, and, um, and even compounded trauma, you can come back from. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you are not defined yeah. by that. You are worthy. Yes. You have everything in you already to get to the next level in life. It's just mm. in your head. <laughs> I love that. Francisca, thank you so much for the gifts of your story of healing today. So yes, appreciate you being you here having- and joining us. And thank you, everybody, for, for listening and tuning in. Um, as always, if you'd like to make a donation in support of the podcast, go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions are applied towards funding scholarships the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out get support when they need it. You can also visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the other resources there. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and then come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.